0: I agree <laughs> four times. Four, four, four times.
1: Four, yeah, four. I, I agree. I see what you did there. <laughs> you the see that?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah that you like that. Yeah. That. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: I have been so excited to talk about the book we're going to talk about today.
0: Uh, That you had to switch to diapers, didn't you? It was close. It was close.
1: Uh, It was close. Um, Yeah. uh, You know, I I think one of the reasons I'm really excited to talk about um, the four agreements Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is because we haven't spent a lot of time talking about it at all true and and that i I think that's what excites me the most is we we talk about a lot of books but when it comes to the four agreements Mm -hmm. this is a this is a new territory conversation and that that is gonna be pumped yeah i i'm like okay let's let's get into a book we haven't we haven't talked about a lot so for sure and
0: you know what's what I also dig about this book is that it actually, for a lot of the stuff that we have talked about, you and I, um, you can find connections here, uh, kind of all over the place, between um, stoicism, between all the umpteen books about building good habits <laughs> and finding happiness. Um, a lot of those are connected. And you know what's great is that the four agreements, um, I can literally fit into the cargo pocket uh, of of one of my shorts. Um, so it, it, <laughs> I think there's a lot here. It's um, it, it punches higher than its weight. I feel, um, and I think that there's some things about this book that really work for people, and I think that there's some things about this book that maybe don't. But I think that I think that everybody can take something from this book. Absolutely.
1: So how did you, because I threw this book out there as like, I think we should do this. And we're both like, you're like, oh, I've read it. And we're like, oh, I've read it. But how did you first come across this book? Uh,
0: My mom, uh, bless her. My mom is a writer. Moms Um, are good for that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) She uh, gave me this book, you know, when I was a headstrong uh, teenager, (laughs) Uh, And I wasn't too troublesome. And I, you know, I I also wasn't into anything that remotely looked like self help, right? I knew it all. Um, I've I've grown a little uh, since then.
2: Um,
0: So I didn't read it right away. It was one of those books that ended up on my shelf as a teenager as I transitioned through college. And then um, I think I finally picked it up a few years into my military career, and, and found that there was a lot of stuff in there that just really resonated with the way I found myself either living my life or wanting to live my life, knowing that the stuff that's being described, like literally the four agreements are describing the way I wanted to be in the world. So that's it was originally given to me by my mom, um, but I didn't get around to it for probably, I, I want to say, like five years uh, until I finally cracked the thing and read it.
1: So when you read it, then you were at you were in. Your, your naval career somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what, what would you say resonated with you at the most?
0: You know, um, w- one thing. In in preparing for my military career, I kind of uh, there, there was like mantras that I had that were that were for myself, and I'm not entirely certain where they came from, but the two that I had were don't be selfish, and always do your best, and always do your best. Not to jump ahead, but always do your best is one of the four agreements, and so I, I think when I opened the book and saw that that one of my own personal mantras uh, was right there as one of the agreements and it wasn't something that my mom or dad had explicitly taught me nor, <laughs> nor any other mentor had you know drilled that into me or anything I kind of came to it on my own and of course you know that one's kind of we'll, we'll get into why and how Don Miguel Ruiz thinks that this one is important but um, just in that moment it was really like oh okay wow all right so this guy's already talking my language here let's go.
1: So, yeah. The, so the do your best. <laughs> I've, I've known you for a little bit now and you've always been the guy that's, that's going to give it the all and do your best no mm-hmm. matter, no matter what you're doing. Um, so I, I get that. I get that how that resonates with you, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the don't be selfish. That's not, that's not one of the agreements. That's a personal agreement you yeah. have mm-hmm. with yourself, which I think that was one of kind of like, I, I reread it in preparation for this podcast. Sure. Um, Reread as I, I listened to it on audio.
2: I I, I, I cheated. I
1: I, I did cheat a little bit, but I I reread for preparation. And um, what really kind of took me back the second read through was the the correlation to Don Miguel. He talks about these agreements and this is how you're going to find this awareness and you're going to do good in the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it, it made me think about that that you have a personal agreement. You have a personal agreement with you. Don't be selfish. That mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the four agreements. That's a right. belief that you have. And having this... um. It's it goes to uh, principles, having principles, having agreements with yourself. Sure. So Ray Dalio's principles maybe needs to end up on our list at one point in time. But
2: right.
1: that was it's kind of the same thing. You sure. have these these personal principles, these mantras, these agreements with yourself that hey, I'm I'm going to do good in the world, and you know I'm going to do good. This is what I believe. And Don Miguel's it was. Here, here are the four. Here's what's going to keep you, keep you whole as a person, and I, I really like that. I really liked where that took me. Yeah, uh, as a and, reader, and,
0: and I think you know, Don is getting at something. I think that's even uh, more, more critical, and this is where I think some readers because the first chapter is pretty full of these ideas that he carries with him from um his his Toltec teachings yeah right and it did I get that right yeah Toltec okay. um and and so he talks about the spiritual side and without getting too far into it you know you you use the frame being whole he believes that these agreements are are what we if we don't have these agreements and we don't live by them and it's, you know he's not it doesn't come across as a fanatic or anything <laughs> like that but he's basically saying that our default state of being is 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 discomfort and without agreements without being tethered in a good way being really buoyed by these agreements we are not only putting ourselves through hell, um, but that we're actually creating hell on earth for other people, right? So whether whether you believe in um, any version of heaven or <laughs> hell, I think we can all get behind the idea that we can make life better for ourselves, and we have the power to make life better for ourselves and the people around us. And what's great about the stuff that he's talking about here is that this stuff, these four agreements cost you nothing they cost you nothing and they big
1: fat goose egg
0: it, they they open up the door figuratively of course to finding peace and finding tranquility and finding happiness and being happy um, and that's the whole angle of this book he, he talks about heaven on earth i might frame that as as how can we be happy and how can we bring um the the best degree of happiness and productivity. And I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say comfort, but just good vibes, right. To the people that are close to us.
1: You know, so as I went and I did research on this book and, you know, I, I was reading on, on what other people thought of it and, and what's going on. And you're, you're right. It's all, there's, there's this level of happiness. So I mean, we just talked about the happiness equation and, and mm-hmm. what's and what's going on with that and you, you've got he sets these things in place that say if you follow these four you will be happy mm-hmm. and in doing my research one of the things i found as a complaint to this book okay. is the there's this this hooey this spiritual stuff that i don't bind i i i can't remember the exact review i read but it was something along those lines of well if you pull out the hooey and spiritual there's really good steps to follow to find wholeness mm-hmm. and you know as i as i re listen to it i'm like oh i could see that you know uh, don no, miguel is talking from his his point of view, his spirituality. And that's yeah. what that book is about. And it's all about finding that, that self awareness and wholeness that, that I, I, I love, I, I love that, that part of discovery um, when we were, when, when I was going through um, one coaching program and I don't feel like we talked about this book enough because mm-hmm. It really is about finding that whole part of you and being true to yourself.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: And, you know, so he lays it out you follow these four, and we keep saying, we keep saying the four agreements, we keep saying the four agreements, but we haven't, no, we haven't gone and said, hey, these are the four. So really? I'm going to read them. Yeah, I'm going to read off the four. So it's be impeccable with your word. Uh, don't take anything personally Uh, don't make assumptions and always do your best your one that was already ingrained into you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so where where are you at with the other three what are your feelings what how do you how do you how do you relate
0: I think I think first of all let me let me open up with even though the you know always do your best that's that one has been with me personally for a long time but I feel like all of these agreements are profoundly worthwhile um, and I think that no matter who you are or, or what you do in the world or where you stand in the world uh, I think that, that anybody can benefit from practicing these a little bit more. Um, I will say that probably the ones that I have to consciously use a little bit more and kind of be reminding myself that it's that that because it's not a reflex is that not taking things personally, which if, if you really read and stop and think about it, don't take things personally, which is agreement number two, and don't make assumptions are actually really closely related. In fact, I would argue that when you take things personally, you're assuming that they were intended personally, that, and that therefore don't take things personally is actually almost a subcategory of <laughs> don't make assumptions. He decided to break them into two categories, which I kind of get, because frankly, Taking things personally from for a lot of people, now coming from a military background, I've seen this play out over and over and over again. Um, it, it deserves kind of its own category just because of the I'll say the size of, of the of the problem, I'll say. And I don't know if your experience has been different, but you know, coming up, going to going to school, going to high school, uh, working with kids. <laughs> I think that um, if I could talk everyone in my world into not taking things personally, I think that we'd have a lot more happier people in the world. Just think about in traffic, somebody cuts you off. <laughs> you, you, you don't say they made a very abrupt lane change that happened to be in front of me. What goes through your mind is that bleepity blarpy blarp just cut me off you've assumed now that it was intentional and you've assumed that it was you that was the target. Right. So we've kind of got it coming and going. So all of that was a lot of yimmer yammer to say that the one that I think a lot of people could benefit from and and practice, do some conscious reflective practice on is the not taking things personal. I,
1: I, I think that I think, um, I think I'm hundred percent agreements with you. Uh, You know, when he goes through them, he, he, he talks about being impeccable with your word first and how important it is to be impeccable with your word. I I really do feel like there's an argument that not taking things personally Mm -hmm. should come before it is number. It is number two, but I think it should come before impeccable with your word because I feel like it's easier to be impeccable with your word when you're not taking things personally.
0: Yeah, you know, in, in, in gaming communities and in poker and in a lot of other places, we, we talk about um, playing under tilt. I don't know. Are you familiar with that term tilt?
1: I, I'm familiar when it comes to pinball. but <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: gaming, well, g- gaming community, different game yeah no you're actually pretty mm-hmm. close right you, you tilt the pinball machine when you're mad because it's not giving you enough score so you have a big physical yeah. reaction and you're yurking on the machine playing under tilt means you're you're so emotionally charged that you're not making really sound same yeah. decisions um and it's easy to get tilted when you're taking stuff personally and and when you're tilted stuff comes out of your mouth um that is not uh, in alignment with being impeccable with your words, right? Yeah. Sometimes harsh words or unkind words will come out when we've taken things personally. Um, yeah. And so I think I agree with you that if we were to list these kind of in priority order, I, I think that the, the, the most important one uh, arguably would be to not take things personally as soon as you've taken something personally it's really hard to follow the other four agreements because you've kind of already fallen off the wagon right um you've and and you've
1: you've closed down that whole sense of allowing any other receptors
2: in yeah Mm -hmm. so
1: you're you've taken it personally you're now in a state of fear or attack Mm-hmm. and you're like i have to i have to do something about this if you don't take it personally and you go hey i i don't know where this person's coming from I, i'm going to assume good intentions Because well, that's the next one don't assume assume good intentions mm-hmm. right and i'm going to inquire i'm going to ask hey you know i i I, i'm really not aligned with you right now help me understand where you're coming from help me make this connection so i can get on your same page and that will help you avoid personally and that's uh, also i think i i feel like i said this in the height of uh, presidential debate mm-hmm. that the country needs to read the foreign agreements.
0: Uh, i already i agree with that
1: uh, and needs to it has nothing to do on what side of what fence you're on. It has to do with, if we follow this as a whole, Mm -hmm. we will just be better people. Yeah. 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 I, and I, 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 I believe that. And it's, it's something that, you know, I, I would like us, I would like more people to, to read this book and take it to heart. Yeah, yeah.
0: It, you said something that that uh, speaking of pinballs ca- caused a pinball to <laughs> click in my head. Um, and one of the one thing that helped me to understand this book was actually to take one of his agreements and think about what, like the next evolution. Like if if we were to to step up our our game, what would that look like? So, for example, um don't take things personally. It's easy for me to say, I'm, I'm totally neutral. Person just cut me off, I'm totally neutral, does not negatively affect me because I don't take things personally. Well, what would the next level of that when we're talking about individuals trying to be all that we can be, if we're really trying to do our best, do you have any ideas about what the next level of that would look like? We're not just not taking it personally, that's a neutral idea how can we even ramp that up
1: so i guess the next level would would to me what comes to mind is helping others see that they're taking it personally
2: yeah right yeah
1: so you know as a teacher as a leader as a a connector wherever you fall in that spectrum there that I just created, by the way, this, I like this it. teacher, we'll this it. teacher, this teacher leader connector spectrum, I just invented, <laughs> uh, wherever you fall into that, you know, if you yourself are like, I'm not going to take this personally, going to let it slide. You are going to be affected by somebody who's going to take it personally. And if you can help them see that they're taking it personally right now, um, that's actually really important. They're like, Oh, you know, you're right. I'm not seeing the other side of this. Why? Why would they? Why would I think that they're
0: attacking me? You just nailed where my mind went when I thought about taking this to the next level. though, though you just said thinking about that other person's point of view, that other person's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And so, for me, driving me to the next level. Is, and first of all, I absolutely agree with you spreading the good word, helping other people see that taking things personally is not the right thing to be doing, but also behaving with empathy, right? Not only do I not take, I, I was uh, at a crosswalk at one point and um, it was a four-way stop and traffic was a little bit congested and there were some cars making a right turn and there were kids at this intersection. So, so think patrol right yeah and this lady comes up laying on her horn she's mad because traffic (laughs) is bad and she whips into the oncoming lane of traffic to push through the three-way stop she didn't hit anyone but my first thought was First of all, safety first, right? Uh, I'll admit that right up front. I wanted to make sure that there was nobody in harm's way. Nobody was, thank goodness. But to be fair, my second thought was, she must be having a bad day.
1: Yeah. There, you know, I feel like traffic is one of the best examples with this because Mm -hmm. you have, you have in traffic you have like loss aversion someone cuts you off someone gets in front of you you take it as a cut off and it's like mm-hmm. oh they're taking they're taking something for sure, yeah they're they're personally doing this to me and it's that they someone someone gets cranky and maybe they were maybe they had a kid in the back seat that they were paying more attention to than they should have or maybe yeah. they're on their way to something whatever that is There is this this opportunity here to be like, hey, something's wrong. They're also
0: to, to, you know, I'll also give credit to the people that say, well, what if that person really is just a jerk (laughs) to which my response is fine. I do not have to have another interaction with that person the rest of my day. I do not need to give them any space in my mind. You don't. Yeah. I, I do not need to give them any of my mental energy. And it, which is why it doesn't really matter if they're a jerk or a bad driver or somebody who's stressed out. It it really doesn't matter. Yeah. We, we want to be empathetic, but we start by not taking it personal.
1: Yeah. You know... And actually, and this this how I don't know. I, I think I know how my brain got to hear you. I was driving home today and I was listening to the 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 radio. Oh, that's mm-hmm. that's a thing people still listen to when people still listen what? to the radio. Yeah, yeah when they're not There's listening to podcasts, more stations
0: than just NPR.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're not when they're not listening to podcasts or listen to the radio. <laughs> and they're talking about uh Simone Biles. Mm-hmm. Right? This very this is very a hot topic so yeah absolutely olympics she says hey i don't think i can mentally be here for you Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm going to drag the team down and i'm going to step off the team Mm -hmm. now the nation is having a huge reaction to this Mm -hmm. how does this actually affect them it doesn't it doesn't does it's it's not it's not personally harming them it's not there's no it's not disrupting their safety in any way no yeah but there's this person there they're taking it personally and they're like hey they're they're at the top of their game they don't feel right for the team in their right headspace i'm going to step away from this
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and that's that's what we got from press and whatnot and that's what we know and that's fine we don't Mm -hmm. need to know more right they we but we we have a a world that took it personally and we we shouldn't have yeah i agree yeah so we've spent a lot on don't take it personally which i love and i think we could probably spend another 30 minutes just talking on don't take it personally um but you know I, i think the one so i i i put this book into my my happiness uh list and um this is it was it was somewhere in 2020 i i pick up this book and it had been kicking around my parents house for the better part of a decade and i picked it up and I wouldn't say I'm the strongest reader. I finished that book in probably 48 hours. Mm-hmm, finished mm-hmm. it in the weekend. Yeah. It's already it's already a quick read anyways. Right. Oh, yeah. But it hooked me. I plowed through it. And then I get done with it. And I'm all like hopped up on reading Juju. I'm like, this book's amazing. <laughs> and I I go to i go to my dad and i'm like hey dad have you have you read the four agreements and he's like oh yeah he's like i was the meditation group i was in our whole meditation group was focused around the four agreements and i'm like i'm like hold on a second why in my life why why things were going on (laughs) This is me. This is me being selfish and taking it personally. Like,
0: Wait a minute, dad, all (laughs) about time out here. uh,
1: But yeah, he, he had this whole meditation group that was all focused around, uh, around these teachings. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy that this book has been kicking around and we haven't talked about it. And we haven't, it wasn't one of those things that came up. It was one of those books that you see on the bookshelf next to every other book that's on a, one of your parents bookshelves you know uh and i'm like okay I right let's talk about it and let's talk about the awareness and all the stuff that you got about it and you know for him it it really the the don't make assumptions part of it really said oh i'm not going to assume this i i'm going to i'm going to inquire and that helped his creative and inquisitiveness um but for me, uh, I feel like I'm now making it selfish since I called it out earlier when I said uh, for me. It's okay. You
0: can it's okay. It's, it's, my, it's my it's podcast
1: right. and my point of view. I
2: can say <laughs> but for me. I cannot be a little <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's okay. It's right. Yeah. So uh, the uh, be impeccable with your word. And yeah. for me, it's I'm a guy who thinks out loud and talks through things out loud mm-hmm. and i'm a guy who talks
2: mm-hmm.
1: i'm a guy who talks a lot so be impeccable with my word has gotten to be one of those things that i feel like i have to be really careful with and i have to put like asterisks next to it and be like just brainstorming here just spitballing okay. mm-hmm. just thinking out loud dot da, dot da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and then at the end summarizing so I'm not really taking any action on this. It was just to think out loud. I'm no. going to take some I'm going to put some more thought into it before I do X Y and Z. But <laughs> before that, I feel like I got a lot of a lot of feedback and a lot of flack. Well, mm-hmm. you you're not being impeccable with your word. But when I read this book, that's when it really clicked. It's like, "Oh, it's not that I'm not being impeccable with my word. It's I'm the perception of not being impeccable because of my how i think and my thought process type thing so this book had really kind of gone oh okay here here's the awareness i can take away from being impeccable with my word and take away on how i can lead a better life if you will
0: right and and i would agree with you that being impeccable with one's word, um, it, it does favor uh people. I think.
1: Apparently, you're, you can't you're breathe. right over there. <coughs> still can't breathe water.
0: That's that's that uh, Toltec <laughs> wisdom, man. Sometimes, it goes down the <laughs> <That's, one bike. laughs>
1: yeah, that, yeah. So, I read the book and uh, still can't breathe water.
0: Still can't breathe water, <laughs> gotcha, got really should get your money back yeah right
1: yeah you so you were saying impeccable with word
0: yeah but i think that that particular agreement perhaps does favor people who who don't talk as much <laughs> um you, you know uh, but but there are those of us who who are out there and i think the reason that he calls it out is that it's a recognition that when, when words come out of our mouths, and I would argue that anytime we are using words that are being consumed, heard, read by other people, we're we're doing our part to move kind of a, t- a type of energy, thoughts, feelings, emotions uh, around in the world. And when you use your word, written or otherwise, um, in a way that damages other people and, put, and and basically moves them into what, you know, Ruiz considers to be hell on earth, as opposed to using your words to lift people up. I think what he really wanted us to do is really be mindful about when you speak, recognize that as these words that are, are coming out of my mouth, even right now, like, people's ears are going to hear that. And I'm going to be leading them down a path. And I I could choose with my words to lead people down a path that's going to help them be happier, be be better parents and and better at their job or just better people. Or I can choose words that's going to hide the truth from myself or from others and lead people down a path that that will lead to their destruction or the destruction of others or more hurt. Um, He wanted us to be really mindful of that. I think that it's possible, I hope, I hope it's really possible <laughs> to, to be verbose, to be able to talk and to be able to share ideas. I think it's possible, I guess I'll say, to do that and to brainstorm and be able to spitball in a way where the expectations are set and people get that that this is just to try to get some creative energy flowing, right? And the, the idea is not for me to say, well, what if we added three stories to our building, what you didn't add three stories to the building like, yeah, you, you, we can't trust you, we can't trust this guy. No, 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 it's creative process. So I, I do think that it's possible. I think that setting those expectations ahead of time, but um, I really do believe what he wanted us to be was just like what you said, being mindful that yeah. when words come out of our mouth, that they are going into people's minds and, and having interactions with their thoughts.
1: You know, and so the other side of this whole thing, I, I, I struggle with, and I'd struggle may not be the right word, but so there's, you're joking around, you're busting shops, You're, you know, you're, you're, you're at a game night, you're, you're at a, a sporting event or whatever mm-hmm. it is you know you're 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 doing you're you're trying to get in your opponent's head or whatever it is you know and you're saying things Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and I, i like that i like you know i like that i think about fantasy football that's eventually coming up here and yeah you know the the being mindful of your words is important but you know you also don't want to be hurtful so you're being you're being a playful mindful with those words Mm -hmm. um because you're right uh if you're not mindful for with your words and that playful banter that you may have could go sideways yeah and And especially
0: if you've got someone that's prone to taking things personally
1: again yeah prone to taking things personally and if they have unresolved things that they have going on, we, that we don't know mm-hmm. um, maybe they've lost all their fantasy football matches and you say, Hey, look, easy win. And now mm-hmm. they're taking it personal and, you know, it, it puts you in this awkward situation. And I, you look at all these agreements and, and doing so You look at your agreements, and you're like doing your best and assumptions, and don't take things personal and being impeccable. I really think that the core thread that holds this whole thing together is is inquiry and conversation, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: because without inquiry and conversation, you could think you're being impeccable with your word, but someone could take it where you're not okay and, and you you go oh yeah you're not and if they now they again they're taking things personal you're standing okay. you're, you're saying hey i'm doing a thing mm-hmm. but if you don't think someone's being impeccable with the word this goes to that whole taking to the next level is inquiring and having that conversation with someone going hey dylan mm-hmm. when we talked about this you said you were going to do this did i misunderstand something where are we at with this what can I do? Whatever that is, help me understand what I'm missing. Type thing. Absolutely. So you're giving that person a chance to be like, oh, yeah, I wasn't doing. So I think that in, inquiry and inquisitiveness binds all four together.
0: Well, and you know what you were just talking about that about there it really leads uh, my mind anyway, uh, kind of logically to the not making assumptions, right? Ta- talking yeah. things out, right? It, even if you don't take things personally, it is easy if if I start a story with he punched his brother <laughs> right in the face. Your mind, if you're anything uh, if, if you're anything like most people i think is automatically going to assume that the person doing the punching is the aggressor <laughs> probably the quote unquote bad guy probably deserves whatever is coming to him and boom we've made three assumptions right out of the gate off one off one sentence um so are you
1: are we saying that the argument really should be don't make assumptions should be number one you
2: because
1: know because if you're not making assumptions you're not taking things personally because you're inquiring Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: by inquiring you're helping be impeccable with your word and understanding and then that's all held together because you're really doing your best to have the right information
0: i i think that i would agree with that did we just rewrite this book Just We're just going to rewrite it. I don't think I could do... You know, Don Don made the choices that he made. And here's my theory. Here's my theory. I think that he started with the word because the word, being impeccable with one's word, we are social animals. We, his argument early in the book is that we influence each other. He uses other words, but basically, we yeah. influence each other for good or bad. We influence each other to feel better about ourselves or worse about ourselves. And I think in his mind, he opened with that because if we are impeccable with our world, it, it with our word. If we can make that adjustment right away, then. We're less likely to kind of spread poison, spread, spread bad information, spread bad feelings and emotions around. So I think I would argue that's probably why he selected that one particularly first. And it could be that he needed us to believe that he was being <laughs> impeccable with his word.
1: Right. Well, and it may it makes sense. You mm-hmm. you can't really make an assumption if words haven't been spoken. Sure. Yeah right absolutely so if someone speaks words and they're being impeccable with their word and you make an assumption on if you take it personally and make an assumption on it Mm -hmm. right so it makes sense hey everybody be impeccable with your word let's start here let's just be truthful and honest and you know speak speak right that says speak speak right
0: just me talk good one day
1: yeah. <laughs> me talk good one day yeah so in coaching one of the things that we had is we called it the big four which was treating people whole capable resourceful and creative okay right and as a coach you're supposed to hold people in that light and not judge people right because you're gotcha. keeping them you're keeping them whole they're whole. They, they, they can do what they need to do. They're capable of doing what they need to do. They're they're creative. They're resourceful people. Right. I'm not treating them any differently. Right. Don Miguel is is, is kind of doing that in, in different words.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're saying we're going to be impeccable with our word. We're we're going to not take things personally. We're not going to make assumptions. And we're always going to do our best it's it kind of sums up that whole capable resourceful and creative and it kind of doesn't all at the same time they have oh. this, maybe a symbiotic relationship if you will i'm doing like this weird gangster jazz <laughs> You got that, gangster no, hands. that no one that no one else can see except you uh but yeah <laughs> they 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 blend together and you want you want to i when i left this book i'm like I want to do. I want to do all these all the time with everybody, and sure. I, I it it. I, I feel like my first day. I'm like, yes, I want to do it. Uh-huh. Then it's like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just took that personally. So, and he kind of talks about that in the book, like, take one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Focus. Focus on one. Focus on just just focus on this one.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, and I would. You know, depending on an individual's composition, you could focus on one a day or one a week. You can say this week, I'm just going to be really focused on being impeccable with my word or just be really focused on trying my best in my job, in my yeah. capacity as a father or my capacity as a partner, whatever that might be. Or, you know, I'm going to really try hard to not take stuff personally. I've been having a lot of road rage lately, so I'm going to try <laughs> to just not take stuff personally and you can practice it every day on your way to work whatever that looks like for you right i yeah. think that's perfectly reasonable i think yeah, also I, you, go ahead
1: i was gonna say I, i'll definitely take things personally as i'm on that thanksgiving drive and i'm on the road and everybody's trying to get their holiday destination so i like, might mm-hmm. get
2: out of
0: my way
1: my well, holiday is more important than yours
0: You know, and I think one of the reasons that that chapter, something we haven't talked about uh, in that chapter, is that he also says, we should be so neutral, that not only should we not take stuff personally, if somebody walks up to me and says, hey, Dylan, you're stupid. (laughs) I should not take that personal. But I should also not take it personal if somebody walks up to me and says, hey, you're handsome. Hey, you're graceful. Hey, you're really smart. Yeah. Do not take that stuff personally either. And I I definitely hear him on that front, in that if we can get to the point where, and, and I think I might draw a line between like, I, I don't know that I would necessarily turn away praise, maybe just me personally. To get. <laughs> but keeping a level head about it, not letting it inflate our ego, I think is valuable. And we can still like, okay, I feel appreciated. I feel like I've got some attributes that people around me think are all right. But that doesn't make me better than them and i'm still developing as a person i still want to continue to make good choices to be a good force for the people around me so his argument is that we shouldn't even take adulation or praise personally
1: yeah and i would say that's really hard when someone goes hey you got killer eyes you are like why what, what, thank you stranger if
0: only you knew uh, no but yeah <laughs> yeah, like, yeah
1: no they're contacts but whatever I, no it, it is hard and i i see that point because i feel like i feel like i've been there as a leader where i've got this praise i feel like i'm top of my game and then mm-hmm. something happens and i get humbled yeah and i'm like oh whoa i i had an inflated sense right going on right here we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about the agreements and how, what they mean to us and whatnot one of the things he, he talks about is kind of a, a path to using the agreements and i forget where he says it it's one of those things i just jotted down in my notes but mm-hmm. he had like kind of this three-step path which was awareness forgiveness and action Okay. And yeah. I, I don't I don't exactly remember what where it was in the book. It was one of those things as I'm reading everything and I'm taking my notes. Mm-hmm. Um it came up. But you know, we're we're talking about just focusing on, on one for a while or or focusing on one a one a one a day, mm-hmm. um, whatever that is. I, I like I like this this awareness, forgiveness, and action. Uh, part of it, um, there's the if you if we'll go with you know, uh, don't take anything personally, which I feel like still really stands out for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, having that awareness, going, hey, where am I taking things personally?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, and for me, that the forgiveness part, action or forgiveness step um, was it forgiving yourself. Yes. I have taken those things personally, forgiving others. Yes. Others are going to take things personally and others are going to say things that are personal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then taking action. And for me, the taking action side of things is, okay, so how am I going to take things less personally? Or if someone says something that's personal, how am I going to tell them that, you know, I, I really don't appreciate you saying that. And, and you know, setting I, that in that boundary.
0: Sure. And it's probably a misattribution, but but I think it was a story that Buddha told. There was, there was somebody, some... Monk who was mad at Buddha for spreading his teachings the way he was, and he came and he was just giving him a tongue lashing, and Buddha's of course just smiling his ass off—that's <laughs> what he does. And and this guy is trying to to get him down, and Buddha's just smiling, and of course the guy is just getting more and more upset. And the guy is is like, finally, well, what do you have to say for yourself? And Buddha is like let me ask you a question
1: this is the dinner conversation question right yes okay so i was trying to think i'm like i i was gonna bring it up and i was hesitant to bring it up because i'm like wait was this in the happiness equation
0: it might have was,
1: was, was this was this in think like a monk like there there's all these books that have I, that kind of blend together for me and mm-hmm. but yeah it's the go go finish the story for other people besides us having sure. this one-sided conversation about yeah
0: um and so the the guy is is yelling at him and he says you know well what do you have to say for yourself But he's just standing there smiling and he says hey when you invite company over for dinner do you make foods for them And the guy's like well yeah i mean that's just common courtesy and he says and they come over and what do you do? And he says, well, we offer the food to them, of course. And he says, who eats that food if they're not hungry? And he says, well, well, I eat that food. And so Buddha clarifies, he says, so if the people that you're offering the food to don't eat it, they don't accept it, you eat it. And it was at that moment that the man realized that Buddha was not accepting his haranguing. He was not accepting his insults. He was not accepting his anger and that therefore he was just gonna have to eat it, right? And that gets back to this whole not taking things personally, even if something is meant personally. Dylan, you bald bastard. Bald is ugly. I think you are ugly. I have no, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it is personal or if it is not personal and we're just taking it that way. We have the right to refuse. We have the right to refuse and not take it personally, even if it was meant personally. I don't have to take it.
1: Yeah, that that forgiveness part of it. I I, mm-hmm. it, it, I don't know if it's forgiveness or or not accepting or whatever it is. I I will say that I after re-listening to this book, rereading this book, going through my notes of the book, I, I did this the other day. I had I had something come across my plate, and you know it. it you could see that it it was written as a personal attack, mm-hmm. and um, they wanted to get their point across and they did. They got their point across. Um, but my response was very much of this neutral standpoint and, you know, uh, not accepting their attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it pissed them off further. It, it, it did. It pissed them off further. And uh, my next response to them was, you know, I, I really see that this is upsetting you. And if you'd like, we can have a conversation further about this. Mm-hmm. And, and putting that olive branch out there and saying, hey, you know, I'm I'm happy to have this conversation with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, if you want to piss someone off, not taking something personal. <laughs> hmm it is a, a quick way to do it and i, I feel like when we ask the question at the very beginning how do you take this to a next level you, you have to be really careful because it's you can't be like well it looks like you're taking this personal right that's right. gonna add f- yeah. more fuel to the fire um you know it's that hearing and understanding you know that if if buddha was like yeah you know I'm gonna ask you these questions. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna do my Buddha wisdom on you.
2: And <laughs> I'm my gonna
1: do my Buddha wisdom, and <laughs> and then and then follow it up and go. You know, would you help me understand why you're upset, or it seems like you're upset? Would you please help me understand that? That's probably a better way to phrase it than saying that they're upset. Um, that that understanding will get you a long way yeah and, and, and that i think that's part of that forgiveness and i think it also blends into part of the action is taking action to understand what's going on
0: well and you've been you you've i don't know if you've noticed but you have, have bumped into that a few times throughout the course of this conversation that one of the underpinnings of these ideas is that inquisitiveness and one could argue that all of these being impeccable with your word has its roots in truth right not taking things personally has its roots in truth your personal truth right not making assumptions has its roots in truth not assuming things that you don't know to be the truth and even even trying your best has to do with living your personal truth, the best you that you can be. Yeah, so one would being, argue it's that,
1: being true to yourself.
0: Yeah. The spine of all of these, you know, regardless of which one you focus on or how long you focus on it, or whether, you know, the the spirituality stuff that he talks about early in the book and kind of touches on throughout the book, whether that that scares you off the book or not. I hope it doesn't. I Um, hope it doesn't either. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's also why some people don't talk about this book. Um, I think that they're worried because there, there's a lot of spirituality embedded in the first chapter kind of before the first agreement. Yeah. Um, And I, I think that people are a little bit worried about how that could be perceived. Um, But I would argue that, even that has its roots in empathy and understanding how people that that are from other cultures than yours, I think that we can all benefit from that, regardless, even if we don't want to use the words that he uses, I think we all understand that we have the ability to spread both goodness and misery uh, in the world. And, And I would argue that oftentimes we spread misery to ourselves when we really don't need to. Um, And I think that what he's driving at is, you know, uh, having a backing in truth, remembering to come back to truth um, over and over and over again in all of your dealings.
1: Does that mean we're reading Speed of Trust next? Is that... It
0: could be. we we got to get be.
1: that figured out. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think there's a, you know, if you, you, you put a pillar along these agreements, right. Or a bed that these agreements are built on mm-hmm. is, is truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, true to yourself, true to others, you know, true to the world around you. Absolutely. Type thing. Uh, as you're, as you're sitting there talking, I, I, I think of, 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 my brother, um, who is a physics teacher? Mm-hmm. And you know when I talk to him about energy, the energy of a room, uh-huh. that that he's like, "There's no, that's, that's not a thing." Jason. <laughs> uh, so you talk about you know this the the energy you feel and all. No, that's not a thing. It's not how. That's how physics works. That's not a.
0: <laughs> like, he's he's yeah. using a different definition of energy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, know, I, I get it. And, you know, I've had, I've, I've had those kind of conversations before too. And frankly, I've been on both sides of those conversations for, for a long time. Yeah. You know, when I was maybe, uh, maybe a little uh, less emotionally mature, it was difficult for me to figure that out. But if I said, you know, what's it feel like? To be the only man to walk into a room of women, you're going to feel some stuff. There's an energy. Now imagine Mm. that all of those women have the ability to hire or fire you. You're going to feel some stuff. There's going to be an energy. And the same is true if you walk into a room where everybody is smiling or everybody is. Right, you're gonna feel that energy. There's an
1: energy, and I'm I'm with you on that. Now you're now saying that feelings are an energy. Energy that's from a pure logical physics standpoint, Mm -hmm. that is not the case. And yeah, you know, this is maybe Mm -hmm. a deeper deeper discussion for a, a different day. Or, but yeah, uh there the book does talk about you know dark magic and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. I I think that's that, that one reviewer kind of poo-pooed the book because of that. I, I don't think this is a reason to not read the book. And this is a book that um, I would definitely um, read again or revisit again. And I also think it's a book that you could read at different key chapters in your life. Mm -hmm. So like if you were getting married, Leaving high school, retiring, starting a new job, you know, all those kind of kind of things in life. Read this book and be like, hey, this is this is how I'm gonna lead my life. Or this is what you know, I'm gonna make happen.
0: I might argue that you could even kind of browse through this book at the end of a bad day. You you get home. <laughs> and you just feel like you got worked over and if you crack this book i bet that you could find some comfort and and maybe realize that part of why you felt like you had a bad day was maybe that you took some stuff personally that you shouldn't have maybe part of the reason that you had a bad day was that you made some promises that you couldn't follow up on you you were not impeccable with your word. Maybe part of the reason that you had a bad day was that you know you didn't do your best and you feel like you could have done better, Mm -hmm. right? So I would argue that even on a shorter valence, even on a shorter thinking about our our time spread, right? Even it doesn't have to be a big macro event, even a micro event. And I think also that treating the book that way could also get somebody to a point where they start to think about their habits of mind like, okay, I felt like I had a crappy day and I read a little bit and I realized that it's because I took some stuff personally. And then guess what? I came back home on Thursday and I had a crappy day and I realized it was because I took some stuff. Per- Dang it, I'm taking too much I'm stuff
1: personally. I'm, I'm in it,
0: I'm right? in it. And it's such yeah. a short book. It's such a short read and and really only covering those four agreements. I would argue that that is in fact a viable way to use the book.
1: Yeah, so- as a as a teacher, a teacher of of, of youths, youths, uh-huh.
0: youths, youths,
1: youths. Youths? Of the youths of the young of the young variety. Indeed. Would you have your kids read this?
0: I I don't think first of all, probably a third of the kids that that at uh, the age level that I teach. Probably about a third of the kids just don't quite have the reading skills to be able to wrap their head around all the content in here. But what I will say is that I think any child can understand instead of maybe be impeccable with your word, right? Be truthful.
2: Yeah.
0: Instead of um, yeah, I, I would argue that it might require a little bit of explaining, but not taking things personal, not making assumptions. I think that those are things that kids can understand and do your best, absolutely. That's something that kids understand. I think that if I were to present this material to elementary age children, I would probably repackage it um, in a way that's a little bit more kid friendly, but the lessons, the four agreements, I don't, I don't think that there is a floor, an age floor <laughs> where we, where we shouldn't introduce these.
1: So the independent reading, not for the age group you're teaching. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. But the the lessons mm-hmm. is there's no age group. Like, you know, I got a I got one younger than you or two. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah, I could see myself teaching teaching my my little one this, right?
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I, I also think <laughs> there's there's adults that i want to be hand them this book (laughs)
2: yeah
1: you know this might help you give it a Mm -hmm. give it a read sure um is there anything else you would like to say it uh about this book as we wrap up
0: i i think that really anybody i think i've said it probably before but (laughs) I think anybody could benefit from this. I think um, I've probably owned three or four copies of this book and they've either been uh, given away or lost in a move. And yeah. here I am with another copy uh, of, of a book that I first received when I was a teenager. And now as a father myself, um, yeah. it, it continues to have a Uh, an important place on my bookshelf. I would say that no matter what your age and no matter what you're doing in life, no matter what stage of life you're in, um, you can definitely benefit. And I also, uh, the other thing that I'll say, and uh, in other books like The Happiness Equation, we talk a lot about the author's examples. Um, Here, we didn't talk about his examples as much, but he has really good examples. Of each and every one of these agreements and how it kind of looks in the real world uh, when you're doing it right or if you're not doing it right. So,
1: was, was there one that stood out for you?
0: Um, what was the one? Yeah, he he, he you had mentioned um, uh, or maybe maybe you mentioned it in my <laughs> mind. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but he basically I'll take talked about it. that that you. Um, you find someone and you fall in love and you get married and you have assumptions about what marriage is. And if your mate, your partner does not share those assumptions, you are setting yourself up for a really hard time. Whereas um, if you are pursuing truth in all of your actions and words, and you're not making assumptions and you're not taking things personally, then you can have an adult conversation about what are the expectations in this partnership and avoid uh, all that drama before it becomes drama. Um, so that's the, that's the uh, example that really sticks out for me. And I think one of the reasons that it sticks out is, um, know, not to blow my own horn too much, but I I think that's one thing my partner and I um, have have done a pretty good job of is if there uh, is something new that we're trying or a change in living situation, we, our communication styles are similar enough that we can talk it out and avoid um, letting each other down on the assumptions that we have by simply setting expectations Uh, earlier on and when those expectations you know if there are lingering expectations assumptions really they can't hurt us if we don't take them personally if we say hey you know this thing happened I was wondering where you were coming from with this I think by and large people try to do good stuff and want people to think good things and if they make a mistake they they want to make it right
1: yeah I you know I didn't bring up the assumptions partner marriage thing uh mm-hmm. gotta be impeccable with words so i guess like you really can't take credit for bringing it up <laughs> but uh yeah i i would agree and i i if i'm remembering correctly tim ferris actually talks about this um when you're uh you got a teacher and mm. you get a grade in a paper and you, you get a b Mm -hmm. and you make time with that teacher and go okay what's an a look like
2: yeah
1: right you're not making an assumption what an a looks like you're you're sitting down and getting crystal clear on hey what's an a look like what do i need to do and you can do the same thing with a boss you get a new boss you're working in this role you get a new boss you sit down you spend time with them and go okay what's good work look like what are you looking for what are you looking Mm -hmm. for out of me what do you you know what's what's communication look like and get all that stuff out of the way so yeah that he he he's got great examples in here i think that is a a solid example to to kind of end on i dig Um, it um yeah uh is there a um is there a book you would like us to get after next i got two in mind
0: well what are your two
1: okay so mine uh angela duckworth grit Book you introduced me to a mm-hmm. book that you really try to instill on pretty much whoever you're around <laughs> yeah uh, uh and then kim scott radical candor um I, I think that one has kind of a personal uh a, a personal tie for me right now just because i feel like we're in this ghosting community and we, instead of just having a conversation, we will just ignore things.
0: I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to not be selfish, but uh, Don't be selfish. That, if it, it, we'll if, if I was a little, if I was a little selfish, I would choose Radical Candor because I haven't read that one.
1: Oh, okay. I was thinking you were gonna go with with grit because you 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 preach that book but yeah radical candor let's let us get into that that book i love this idea let's do it yeah with the ghosting culture that we live in radical candor will be a great book to talk about
0: i dig it man
1: awesome dylan my dude
0: jason my dude
1: it has been a pleasure i've enjoyed talking about this book um
0: likewise
1: yeah it has been good.
0: I agree <laughs> four times.
1: Four, four, four times.
0: Four,
1: yeah. four. I, I agree. I see what you did there. Was, <laughs> you
0: see that? Was, you was, said, yeah. yeah, said, that, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, my dude. Thanks, my dude.
2: Hello?